Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Lift your hands this morning. God, we thank you. God, the name of who we call holy, holy, holy God, will we cement in our hearts for eternity the acknowledgement, the awareness, God, the profound realization of who it is that we truly serve, who it is that you really are, the Alpha and the Omega. There's no one like you, no one above you, no one greater than you, no one who has the power and the authority like you do. God, we acknowledge today in our hearts and we honor who you are. God, we praise you with all that we are. God, we thank you for the community of the church. God, we thank you that your word is made live and well today. God, that your spirit is speaking and moving in this place this morning. Can we applaud and praise our God together? East Lake Campus, the nine o'clock service in San Diego, California. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys are fantastic. There's not a lot of room up here, so... We applaud our worship team, our musicians and production team. You guys are so awesome. Thank you so much. Well, hey, before you do this really quickly, before you do this, uh, I know the preview came up and Pastor Samuel did a pretty good job of explaining Connect Sunday, but I'm here today to tell you, I am the Connect Sunday closer. My job today is to help overcome any objection that you might be having in your brain, in your mind, in your spirit, because I believe with all of my heart, I've seen too many people be transformed. I've seen too many life change. I've heard too many stories of what actually can happen in a connect group and at our church. So today, as you're sitting down, just give some people a high five. Like, can't wait to see you and connect. Five, 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 two, five. It's going to be awesome. But go ahead and have a seat this morning. We're going to jump right in. My beautiful bride just walked in. I got a little nervous. She's very awesome. Want to take a quick moment, and if you've been in our church, you're like, yeah, like whenever a preacher gets up, like they're always going to honor the campus pastors, and they're always going to honor, you know, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I actually want to take a moment today and pause just for a second, because I'm coming from the outside, right? I, I, I wish I could come to Eastlake Campus every single week. You guys have a privilege to get to be here every single week and have the leaders and the people that you do here. But actually, the, the opposite of honor is not dishonor. The op opposite of honor is familiarity. And so today as a voice from the outside, you don't see me, you don't know me, you know, don't know me from Adam, but today I want to take a moment to truly be aware in our hearts and to honor the leadership that God has put over this campus, to honor the leadership that God has established in this church. Can we honor your pastors, Pastor Katie and Mike Yeager? Yes, standing is right, applauding is right. It is good and right to honor what God has put in place. It's so, it's so crazy. The, the Yeagers are like for real Christians. They're for real Christians. They're Christians when it's inconvenient. They're Christians at 3 a.m. They're Christians all the time. They're for real Christians. And I love when we get to hang out with them, when we go to their island, that's what we call it. We've just been prophesying for years. When we go to their island, I love to hear how much they love their campus, how much they love their people. They love you guys tremendously. 
They care about you tremendously. And so thank you for having me here on Connect Sunday. Connect Sunday is put in a proper order. I love what we do our church at the end and beginning of every year, right? We have Shredder Sunday, leave stuff behind, shred that ish, walk away from it. There's nothing powerful about the shredder, but there's, there's something attached to mentally and spiritually doing that, right? And then what comes after that? Then they got Vision Sunday, right? Open your eyes to see the future that God has for you. What is God gonna do in my life this year? What's gonna be transformed and changed? What am I gonna see as I begin to believe? And then the next week, right, we go into Freedom Sunday. It's like, let's get those devils out of here. Let's stop being oppressed. Let's like leave those things and take them out for good. But then the finale of our branded Sundays is Connect Sunday. And I believe that there is a reason that we architect it like that. I don't know who the genius is who decides the order, but I know that they put it at the very end on purpose because I believe that Connect Sunday is really pinpointing and putting a high value on, the, on Connect, putting a high value on discipleship because the reality is that the first three Sundays don't matter if you're not gonna walk it out with people the rest of the year. You can have the greatest encounter. You can be slain in the spirit. You can get a word of knowledge or prophecy. You can be like, oh my gosh, God is real and I'm certain now. But if you don't have people to walk this out with throughout the months, throughout the years, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, I'm telling you that it doesn't make sense, but I love that our church focuses on discipleship. It's very weird that I say it like this, but we are a discipleship church. Every church should be a discipleship church. But we focus and pinpoint and give high value to discipleship in our church. It is the development, it is the connecting, it is the empowering of the people in our church. So Connect Sunday is a big deal. Can I get an amen? amen. I wanna do this. There's two times in every week where I take, it's about four minutes and 15 seconds. I take time twice, uh, twice a week to kind of realign myself with our, our church's culture, with our church's vision. And the reality is, is you, if you've been at this church, you've probably seen and maybe heard this video, but I actually want you to see and actually listen to it today. There's a video at the beginning of every single service. It's a countdown video. It's telling you, hey, get your butt from outside into inside. I try to make it a priority every single week. If service starts at nine o'clock, I find myself on the front row at 8.55, ready and engaged in what this video is about to show. Can we listen to this together and with the eyes and the heart of, okay, what is the culture of our church? Production guys, can we listen to this? I asked them to do this last second, so my fault, not theirs. Perfect, right there is good. Listen. And the power walking in the anointing, seeing God's transformative, active power in their lives. Marriages restored, families healed, people prospering, people flourishing, people dreaming dreams, seeing vision, prophesying of a day that's not yet. I see every school impacted. We have hundreds of thousands of students right around San Diego. And as yet, there is no prolific and there is no strong voice. But I see a time where in every single campus, Christ is going to be elevated. Where we're going to counteract the spirit of humanism and the vain philosophies of men. And we're going to bring the presence of God, the word of God, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. And we're going to see revivals, streams of students pouring into the house of God. The future Billy Grahams, the future Wigglesworths, the future Finneys and Spurgeons raised up right here. Our church is one of connect, it's one of development, one of empower. We want people to connect with God, connect with each other, connect with the community of God, connect with their God dream, their God vision, their God purpose. 
then we want you to understand that discipleship is development. There's no development without discipleship. There's no discipleship without development. We are here to develop you. We are here to develop you. Listen. We all need developing. Even Adam, God said, it's not good that man shall be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God was always thinking of shaping. God was always thinking of developing. You need development in your life. Once we develop people, we have a vision to empower people. We want you to be filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to live a powerful life. So that literally you live your best life now. We want you to discover your God-designed destiny. We want you to fill your God purpose and calling. We want you to live a life that is full of the power of the Holy Spirit above every circumstance. You are not going to be kicked around by the ups and downs, the twos and fro's, the vain and the vanishing philosophies of men. You're going to live according to conviction. You're going to live according to passion. You're going to live according to purpose. You're going to live according to the presence and power of, of the, the Most High God, God who lives on the inside of you. Every single time that you have an opportunity to align yourself with the culture and vision of our church. I'm telling you, it is playing every single service before we even jump into it and, and begin. I love that we can constantly realign ourselves as what is God calling us to do? How, how does our church function and operate? How do we take care of the people that come into this building and who are experiencing the real power of God? Okay. So like I said, I'm the Connect Sunday closer. I'm in sales. I lead a sales organization. So my job is to overcome objections. And to do it in a way that is going to compel you. And listen, it's not going to force you. I'm not going to force you or manipulate you. But by the end of this message, you should have inside of you a hunger and an appetite of like, shoot, I don't want to miss out on that. I'm going to go get my butt signed up for a connect group. Amen? Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the pros. I'm going to talk about, you know, some of the reasons that you should be in a connect group. But the title of my message today is called The Stranger Danger. And I actually want to explore and talk about some of the dangers if you make the decision to not be a part of a connect group, to not seek discipleship, to not be empowered and developed in that way. There is actually some danger associated with that that we want to dive into today, okay? So a few quick things about connect, you know, before we talk about the dangerous stuff, it's really interesting. Connect and community is really about finding people that you have something in common with, Right? I moved to San Diego in 2014. I came here as a young preacher and a church planter. We're going to plant a church here. And I remember very naively, very arrogantly saying to myself, man, when I get to San Diego, I'm going to show those people there how to do community. I'm going to show them about relationship. Right? I was this young, young minister and young preacher, and I just had in my mind, like, when I get there, I'm going to show them. They don't know what community is. I can't wait to get there and show them. What it, guess what I found? I found that San Diego does community just fine. Here's an example. Think about surf culture, right? Something in common. What do surfers do? They surf. Okay, think about college campuses, literally a city within a city. What do colleges, you know, college students do? They college. <laughs> think about sport. You know, all of your kids are in soccer and baseball and basketball, right? You guys got something in common, right? Your Saturdays are ruined forever. San Diego knows how to do community. They know how to do relationship, but there is something potent and powerful about putting God in the center of what you have in common. There's something powerful about putting believers in one place, actively saying the thing that we have in common is that God is pulling us into discipleship. God is pulling us into development. God is pulling us into empowerment. And you know what? He wants it, us to do it with people around us who have the same mentality and the same spirit. This is a reason for you to engage in a connect group. 
You may be thinking, well, I got community elsewhere. You know, I'm in a biker gang or I've got a, you know, cooking show or whatever it is that you've got community of the people that you have in common. I promise you that if you put this community, these relationships, you put this at the center of your life, that is truly where the anointing and the blessing of God can begin to unravel itself in your life. We're the house of transformation. Those poor parents who have sports and no Saturdays. What do believers have in common? Come on, they believe. What do Eastlakeians have in common? They're awesome. <laughs> okay. Again, few pros, and I'm gonna hit you with the dangerous stuff, okay? Connect is really about also making the big church feel small again. What I mean by that is as we're expanding campuses and as the church is growing and as we're multiplying into new states and into new regions, as the infrastructure and the leadership core and everything is growing as it should as, as a healthy organism, as an organism that God is breathing on to grow and to multiply. Come on, we got a vision for 16 campuses just in San Diego. We got work to do, right? But the beautiful thing about Connect is, is as the church gets bigger, this is an opportunity for you to not get lost in the ocean. It's an opportunity for you to not get lost in the sauce of growth and expansion in the church growing up. Why? Because you are in an intimate environment with a select group of people. As the church grows, yes, those groups multiply and grow, but it's an opportunity for the big church to stay small. Does this make sense to you? Everyone say, yep, it's a good pro. It's an opportunity, really, to make connections and develop friendships inside of your group. Some of the best friends that we have right now are from our original connect groups. I wanna know if you're a connect leader in this room, actually, could you just stand up really quickly? I wanna honor you. If you're a connect leader for this next semester, yeah, let's go. You guys are awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. Phenomenal leaders. Okay, the next reason you should care about a connect group is because it's biblical. Let me show you. In Acts 2, verses 46 through 47, in the NIV version, it says this. Every day they continued, they, the disciples, the believers, those seeking Jesus, those who had been around him and learning his ways, they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Can I get an amen right there? With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that God gives us the pictures of the disciples in a connect group. They were doing life together. They were doing ministry together. They were walking miles and miles together. I have to imagine the stories and the back and forth and the conversations and even the competition sometimes that they were experiencing as they were doing life together. I love that the Bible is very clear that they broke bread together and were happy. I'm never upset when there's good carne asada there. I'm never upset about that. No one has ever been like, hey, can you, you wanna go get tacos? And me say, no, I'm always yes to the tacos. There's something special about these moments together. Listen, weekly, bi-weekly, bi-monthly, whenever the, the, you know, the first and third of the week lines up, whenever you're connected, there's something to look forward to of I'm bringing some hospitality. I'm hosting a group. I'm, I'm getting around these people because the stories, that I, Sunday is this. Sunday is really the celebration of what's going on across the week, but your connect group is a time to actually celebrate with those people around you. It's a fantastic experience. Okay, the next reason we should do connect groups is because Jesus had one. Jesus was the most boss connect group leader of all time. 
Talk about multiplication. Talk about expansion. Talk about development. He was the most boss connect leader of all time. But I love this. When Jesus calls his disciples into ministry, which by the way, in whatever capacity, you don't need to be a pastor or a preacher or a worship leader, but you are in fact called to ministry. Why? Because the power of God lives inside of you. The gospel is on your tongue. No matter where your workplace may be, your marketplace job may be, maybe you're a mom, maybe you're, whatever it is, God is calling you into ministry. He's calling you to bear his image in the earth. The Bible says this, that when he called the disciples together, he taught them to preach with authority and to go and heal and cast out demons. But he also gave them some moments before that to say, hey, before we go and do all this awesome stuff, we actually need to spend some time to get to know each other. Jesus was very, very intentional before he sent the disciples out into the field, into ministry, into X, Y, and Z. He said, hey, we have to have some trust here. We have to have some knowing here because the places that we wanna go, we can't get there alone. The places, the, the, the people that we wanna impact, listen, there's gotta be some trust and some camaraderie within this group. Can I tell you that yes, we're gonna change the world. Yes, we're going to plant campuses. Yes, we're going to grow the church. Yes, we're going to see people come to Jesus. Yes, we're going to see discipleship happen. Yes, we're, but listen, the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing is that we get to do this with each other from a camaraderie of that's my brother, that's my sister, the person on my right, the person on the left. Tell the person on the right and your left, let's do this. Come on. Connect is this. If you've got in your mind like, oh, what is a connect group? Okay, they get together, they eat food, and then they do a Bible study. Like, what is a, what is a connect group? A connect group is so much more than a Bible study. Ugh. I've been in lots of Bible studies before. I'm gonna choose a connect group every single day and twice on Sundays over just a Bible study because here is why you are fortifying your life. I don't know about you, but I need to fortify my life. I need to have people around me who can be in my ear, who I can process with, who I can ask questions of. Listen, when you fortify your life in relationship and in discipleship, no matter what comes against you, you have an army built around you to be able to combat that thing and to win. Don't just fight it, fight it and win. I tell my wife this, babe, we'd have to make a lot of bad decisions in a row and lie to a lot of people to wreck my life. I would have to lie to a lot of people and make many bad decisions in a row to wreck my life. Why? Because I've made the decision and I've been intentional about fortifying my life with people in my life who have a say, who have feedback for me, who are able to speak into my life that I have weekly check-ins with. It's not fun, but guess what? Accountability is part of this. You guys ready for the, the dangerous stuff? The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. If you don't believe me that fortifying your life and having people around you is good, can we listen to what the Bible says? It says two are better than one. Good math. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. This tells me that there will be times where either you're gonna be falling down or someone around you is gonna be falling down. This is the call to have that person to pull you up or to be that person to pull up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The Bible says, have pity on the people who fall and endure the things of life, but have no one to reach up their hand to pull them and to pull them into safety. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Though they may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I wanna read this uh, verse of scripture as we kind of transition into the dangerous side of this. And this is not to threaten you or scare you, but I just wanna show you the reality of if you decide not to engage in connect, if you decide not to engage in discipleship, if you decide to, to stray away from these things and just the, you know, neglect them and reject them, it is my responsibility of the, as a minister of the gospel to show you that there actually are some dangers involved. 
Paul the Apostle says this in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27. He says, I know I sound like a man, man, a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Just throw that in there. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and danger from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the cities, dangers in the deserts, and dangers on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without nothing to keep me warm. Notice he never says anything about the danger of being alone alone. All of the dangers that he faced, all of the things that came against him, all of the things that he had to endure, not once did he say, I was all by myself and I was doing it alone. He was completely surrounded by people that he was constantly communicating with inside of all of these dangers. He doesn't mention being outside of community. I love that in all of his uh, letters back and forth, he's, he's affirming them and encouraging them. And they're doing the same back to him. They're looking forward to his coming. There's something special about even all of the dangers that he faced. He never faced the danger of being alone. If you're taking notes, by the way, are we a Bible bring in church? Are we a Bible bring in church? Okay, Pastor Kate. Okay, love that. Yeehaw. Are we a note taking church? Okay. Here's why we take notes. is because God's gonna show you something here and now. God's gonna speak to you here and now. But when you write something down, there is a power about going back later and asking God to refresh things to you, to bring things to you to light. We take notes on purpose. That's why we encourage it every single Sunday. The preacher, the minister, whoever's like, yo, take notes. By the way, I don't know the, the math on it, so don't you know, quote me. But it's a, it's a high percentage that if you write something down, you will retain it and remember it. You guys heard about that? Let's take notes. If you're taking notes, this is a good place to start. You are in danger if, and today I want you to, you know, put a pulse on these things as I'm asking these questions and presenting these ideas to have a realistic awareness of, am I currently in danger? Because I want to help you get out of it today. You are in danger if you have no accountability. You are in danger if you have people that you only inform but never inquire with. You are in danger if you cannot answer the question, who is helping me make decisions? You are in danger if you have no one to process with. Now, accountability, the, the true you know, description or the true definition of accountability, most people think accountability is this. Hey, I'm gonna be accountable to you and uh, you're gonna ask me questions and I meant to you know, tell you all the bad things that I've been doing and like, I'll be accountable to you. No, true accountability is actually telling on yourself first. It's, it's, it's having the conversation with someone before you're even at a, a decision, before you're even at a resolution. My wife and I are, are young adult pastors, and so we deal with a lot of, like, young couples wanting to start dating, right? My least favorite thing in the whole world is where someone will come up to me, usually it's the girl, and she's like, Pastor Sterling, I have a boyfriend. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, whose emerge team is he on? What group is he serving in? Has he gone through DNA? I start asking these questions, right? But the main question that I ask is like, cool, whose connect group is he in? Now, see, the, the, the girl who's all excited about her boyfriend and, you know, thinks she's coming to tell, the, the problem is, is that right now she's informing me that she's in a relationship 
But if she hadn't inquired with anybody, most of the time, I'm not, you know, not saying everybody all the time, but most of the time, one, two, three weeks go by, maybe even a month, and the same sweet girl will come back like, I just didn't know that he was like that. I didn't know that this was gonna be a conflict. I didn't, if she had just gone and inquired with someone first, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? What do you see in so-and-so? Is it a good time for me to date right now? Do you think that, Listen, having those people that you can inquire with and ask questions of, instead of coming to them and saying, hey, I made this decision, because when you show up and say, hey, I made this decision, you haven't invited in counsel, you haven't invited in help, you haven't invited in people who are seeing your life through a filter that is impossible for you to see. Let's be people who inquire with people and not inform them. When we make decisions, you know, we have people that we process our decisions with. My wife and I do this together. We do this with pastors and leaders in our life. And it's not every decision, right? Like, hey, what color pants should I wear today? Like, please give me advice. We're talking about decisions that matter, that have weight to them, that are significant, right? We have these people that we can go to. I wonder, as you're in the middle of a decision-making process, that you're not sure where to go left or right, to go to stay, to wait or to send it, right? Do you have these people that you can go and ask them these questions and get their proper feedback? Now, here's the key. Here's the catch. You can't go and ask those questions and try to get counsel and try to get wisdom and try to get discernment if they don't know you. They need to know you first so that then later when it's time for you to ask of them and and seek their counsel and seek their wisdom, they're not speaking from an empty tank, right? That tank has been filled over time. That tank has been filled over relationship. That tank has been filled with trust. And then they can properly give you wisdom and discernment. Does that make sense? Now, being accountable, it's, it's not something that I like to do, but it is something that I do do. I really like Taco Bell a lot. <sighs> Just being accountable to you. <laughs> Taco Bell is actually only good after 9 p.m. But my wife and I are accountable to each other on our finances, right? Good thing. We can see each other's bank statements. We are on the same bank account. We talk about our finances. Like, she's not spending money that I don't know about. I'm not spending money that she doesn't know about. Taco Bell is one of those things that I will refuse to use a debit or a credit card for. And I always keep a little little 20 in my back pocket because it's hard to track cash. It's hard to track cash. Now, do I go and tell on myself when I have Taco Bell? I don't need to. She can smell me when I get home. It's <laughs> that level of accountability, though, is saying, hey, I've actually entrusted you to have an opportunity that if I'm out of alignment, if I'm doing, if I'm going against what we said, right? Because if we made an agreement, hey, this is how we're gonna spend money in this order, we're not gonna do this, we're not gonna do that. It's not a poverty mentality, it's just good stewardship, right? Spending $13 at Taco Bell is not a good financial decision but she doesn't lord that over me and she doesn't use it to control me. She doesn't say, hey, what's this $12.79 charge and why is there a Taco Bell wrapper in your truck? (laughs) I've given her permission into my life so that her and I can remain accountable to each other. Do you have people that you have given permission into your life to say, hey, keep me accountable. I'm gonna ask questions. I expect you to ask questions. I wanna live my life with a layer of accountability because listen, without accountability, we are humans. We're just gonna go do whatever we want. That is so dangerous. A healthy level of accountability is good for every person and especially for believers, amen? Accountability inside of a connect group is good too with our team and and with the people that we lead. Sundays at church, Wednesdays at church, and then connect groups are really a good time to get pulses on your people. If you're out of a connect group for two or three connect cycles in a row, your leader is probably gonna start asking questions like, hey, where is Pastor Ito? Like, dude doesn't come to connect anymore. Like, he's really good at tithe messages and so he doesn't have to come anymore. Like, (laughs) 
it allows a routine cycle of being checked in with by your people and then checking in with your people. If I'm out of a, of a Sunday for weeks in a row, I want people texting me like, yo, like, where you been? Are, are you not a Christian? Do you not love God? Are you not in church? Like, why aren't you on, here on a Sunday? Like, you know it's Sunday, right? It, it provides a layer of accountability that's very, very healthy for us, amen? You can write this down. You are in danger if you allow the dysfunctions in your life to go unchecked. If you are satisfied with keeping things in the dark, hidden away from people and from God. I love this about Connect. Connect, by the way, let me just tell you, Connect will challenge you. When you come into a Connect, do not expect, oh, we're gonna eat food and it's gonna be kumbaya. I'm gonna, oh, it's gonna be so fun. I can't. No, listen, you are gonna be challenged in Connect. You are gonna be questions. Usually people who can't be questioned, they end up doing questionable things anyways. Just allow yourself to be questioned. But I love this is that I think of it like this. You can write this down. Where there is light, there is life. I have given leaders in my life the flashlight into my life to be able to put light onto things that maybe I've been trying to hide, maybe I didn't know were there, things that I've been trying to put aside and neglect and just, you know, pretend that they're not there. But I love that I have leaders in my life who can, how's it going in there? Because wherever light comes, listen, it can no longer hide in the dark. Now it is illuminated. Now you can be aware of it. Now you can deal with that thing. Now you can get some, some transformation. Now you can get some resolve. Are there people in your life that have the flashlight into your heart, who can see behind the veil, who can see in the dark corners of the places that you don't want them to look and have access to? That is, there's something profound about giving someone in your life that flashlight into your heart. Amen? Amen. Let me take a sip of water. Okay, write this down. You're in danger this morning if you are isolated. You're like, I'm not isolated, I'm here. I'm surrounded by people. Did you know that you can be in a room full of people and be completely isolated relationally? Because if you're isolated, you have no resources, you are easy to attack, you are left out alone. There is a strength in numbers. There is strength in having relational equity with people in your life so that you aren't in this little silo of a ship out in the big wide open ocean all by yourself. As I was you know, preparing this message, I, I couldn't help but think of the movie, The Titanic. V uh, dumb movie, good for illustrations. <laughs> Reason I think it's a dumb movie is if you ask any carpenter or any, you know, anyone who knows how to use a, a measuring stick, there was, in fact, room for two people on that door. It just drives me crazy. And then, you know, Rose, she's like, I'll never let you go. And then moments later, lets him go. It just, again, dumb movie, great illustration. The whole, the whole thing behind the, the Titanic, right, is they make their maiden voyage and they're sailing across the Atlantic, the largest cruise liner that the world had ever seen out on its first voyage. Thousands of people on it, all of the food, all, I mean, it was just beautiful, right? The claim to fame, though, of the Titanic was, was that it was a ship that was unsinkable, could not be sunk, hilarious for us to know today. But the claim to fame of the Titanic was that it was completely unsinkable. But if you know the story, based on a true story, as they're making their way across the Atlantic, they encounter things in their wake. They encounter things in their way that they simply did not know were there. And when they crashed into these things and the, the hole in the boat appeared and the water started filling the cabins and the ship started to sink, what is so profound is the captain of the Titanic did the only thing that he really could do, which is to send out a signal of SOS, to send out a signal of distress, to send out a signal of, hey, there is water leaking in. I am beginning to sink. There are things out here that I didn't know how to navigate by myself. There's, there's danger in the water ahead of me. And so he sends out the signal to, of SOS. 
What's really cool is about 60 miles away, there was another ship. Atlantic Ocean is a big body of water, okay? 60 miles nautically is, is pretty dang far away. So this boat is out, out in the open water, you know, slightly behind them. The boat's called the Carpathia. And the, the comms guy, so like they didn't have walkie-talkies or phones back then. They were like Morse code people. The comms guy that night had decided during the afternoon that he was going to drink one more cup of tea than was his custom. Every day he would drink a certain amount of tea. That day, for whatever reason, he drank one more cup of tea than was his custom. So that night he finds himself going to bed 15 to 20 minutes later. And just as he does every night, the last thing that he does before he checks out and puts the you know, equipment to bed is he checks the comms to make sure that no one's trying to communicate with him. As he's going in to check the comms, he hears beep, 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 probably is how it sounded, I don't know. And he begins to receive the distress signal from the Titanic that is beginning to sink. They're trying to figure out their plan. How do we get people off? How do we get lifeboats? And so as swiftly as they can, they start making their way towards the wreckage. They start steaming their way towards where the Titanic's location is so that they can begin to save people and pull them out of the water and aid in any way that they can. When they get there, the captain of, of the Carpathia had already had the boats lowered into the water so they can get them out quickly to go save people. He had his crew already making hot soup and tea to pull people out of the frigid water. They had blankets out and medical, and they were really prepared to bring on the survivors of the Titanic. The reason that I'm telling you this story is if you are living your life currently thinking that you are in a ship that is unsinkable, thinking that you're living a life that couldn't have a hole in it, that couldn't be taking on water, that you couldn't have an opportunity or a reason to be sending out an SOS, can I tell you that the Titanic had that same mentality as well? And in their moment of distress, as they're sending out their SOS, as they're sending out their call of distress, as they're begging and asking for help, come to where I am. Get my people out of the water. The ship is going down. The water is, as they're sending out their distress signal and SOS, thank God that there was someone on the other line of that comms waiting to receive that message and to make their way to them in a quick hurry. I wonder how many of us are living our life right now thinking that we're unsinkable, unable to see the things in front of us that we haven't navigated yet, taking on damage, taking on pain, taking on whatever those things may be, but we have no one on the other end of that line. And in our weakest moment, in our moment of distress of come and help me, come and sense I need more than what I have right now, what a danger that it would be to have no one on the other end of that line coming to help you pull you out of the water and bring you back to safety. Today, I want you to take a pulse. Who are the people in my world right now that in my moments of distress, when it's time to send out the signal of SOS, of everything's hitting the fan and my world is falling apart and the thing I thought was gonna be this way, it turned out to be this way and my kids this and my family this and my business this. Who are those people that you can... And listen, you know what's so beautiful? When you have those people, you know when they're gonna be there, you know how they're gonna show up, you know that they are coming with the heart of love, of grace, of kindness. Listen, they may need to challenge you and coach you, don't get butt hurt. They need to come and show you, hey, you did this to yourself. You were driving without the lights on. You thought you were unsinkable, that's hilarious. You need to be open to those people, but you need to have in your arsenal, in your inventory, in the, the Rolodex of who can I call, you need to have those people in your life. I'm telling you, you find those people in your connect group. You find those, those people as you're building life and relationship together. If right now you're in that danger, come on, get signed up for a connect group. Show up the very first week of connect group. Hey, I'm in danger. I need to start building these relationships and start building these friendships so that so that when the time comes, listen, not just so I can be helped and saved, but so that I am on the other end willing to go help and save. Amen? Okay. This one's gonna sting a little, okay? 
You are in danger if you think that just coming to church on Sundays is enough for you to get connected. If you think that coming to church on a Sunday is enough for you to develop real, genuine, authentic relationships and to be truly discipled, you probably also think that going to a movie on a date is a good idea. If you think that, because what's, what's, what's the idea with like a movie date, right? Like maybe you talk on the way there. You get into the, the, the movie theater line, you're like, wow, $40 for a popcorn and a soda. Here we go. The movie starts, right? 90 to 120 minutes of silence and maybe some hand-holding and maybe. And then maybe you talk on the way home, right? This is not a good date idea. What are dates meant for? Dates are to connect, to ask questions and to be asked questions. My wife, when we sit, when we sit down on dates, she wants to order food and be across from me and see my face and have my attention. It's similar to, to this, that if you're showing up to church on a Sunday and you think that you know, going to a movie is a good date idea, you're popping into the lobby the minute before service starts and you're saying hi to two people and then you're in your chair and you're worshiping and you're engaged and you're listening to the message. But as soon as this clock runs out, as soon as I say amen, as soon as I say dismiss, you're like, Phew! out to your car. Listen, you're missing, you're missing what it's meant to be. Sunday is not enough for you to develop these relationships. You need to engage in them outside of a Sunday service. You need to engage in them outside of, okay, well, we're all here to worship and we're all here to listen. Okay, goodbye. You need to find these people that week by week, day by day, that you have them on speed dials of processing and, and going through the things of life with. Don't be, a, don't be a church. Don't be a people who thinks that just being in this building is enough. This is a piece of the equation. This is a piece of the puzzle, no doubt. But if you're looking for true development, you're looking for true discipleship, you're looking for true connection, come on, that happens outside of the doors of this church, amen? Hello. Last thing is that you are in danger right now if you do not have people around you to celebrate your wins or to help you mourn your losses. One of the coolest things when we had our baby um, was just seeing how much our friends celebrated that process and celebrated you know, his life and celebrated us becoming parents. I'm very, very biased. He is the most handsome thing to ever hit the face of the earth. But it was really cool for us to experience them celebrating our wins, right? Celebrating the, the new addition to our family and celebrating all of what that meant to us and to God and just the family that we were trying to build. It felt more special because of those relationships around us, right? <clears throat> can also remember times in our life where we were just taking L after L. You know that old saying, like when it rains, it pours, and you're just like, dude, when is this gonna stop? When is this gonna be over? I would just like to go back to my regular programming now. Like, I'm good, Lord, I don't need any more lessons. But having those friends on the other side of that to process with as well, can I tell you that the trust, the relational equity, the camaraderie, the things that we've built with those people in our life, listen, it's the celebrating the high highs and then helping us born the low lows. I love this. There's a couple um, at our Balboa campus, pretty new to our church. I'd say probably two or three months in and kind of started to make friends with them and, you know, would see them on Sundays and invite them over for food and stuff like that. And they begin to tell us the story of uh, they miscarried uh, recently and probably like last two or three months right before they came to church. And they came to church and they were just, we didn't really know, we knew that there was like something going on, but they, they hadn't like really opened up to us quite yet, right? We were like asking the questions and trying to minister to them and like try to take care of them. And so finally they tell us, hey, this is what's happened. What's so beautiful is I, you know, connected with them recently 
And their experience of our church has been so profound. It has been so life-changing. And listen, the preaching is really good. The worship is really good. We do so many things in excellence, right? We build your faith. We teach you how to pray. We bring fresh, real, and powerful. Like there's something special about Awakened Church, but the thing that completely changed their perspective of where they'd been before and the grief that they were enduring and the pain that they were processing and the frustration and the disappointment they were walking through was that they found people in their connect group who were able to minister to them, to, to comfort them, to love on them, to, to, to point them back to the person of Jesus. Because listen, sometimes when you're going through pain, when you're processing things, it's so easy to go like, God, this is your fault. I thought this, I thought that, you said. And their response now has been, man, we're so happy that we joined a connect group. We said yes to this thing because we had these people around us really when we were at our lowest low and in trying to figure out all of the frustration and disappointment of what just happened. Two or three months later, they're pregnant again. And now how beautiful is it that the same people that in one season, I love uh, Mr. Oblinsky, right? I love that he says this, that you may reap in tears, but you will, you will, uh, yeah, wait, sow in tears, reap in joy. How beautiful now is that relationship where in the beginning of it, they were there to comfort them as they were mourning, to help them grieve, help them to process, built that relational equity, built that trust, built that relationship. And now on the other side of that thing, God does what he does and they're pregnant again. Now they get to celebrate and now they get to rejoice and now they get to... There's something so beautiful about having both sides of that coin. I would love everyone to stand up to their feet. I believe this with all my heart, that God knows what he's doing. God knows what he wants you to do. God wants you to be engaged. Listen, we just, we just brand it Connect Group. That's it. That's just what we, how we've chosen to communicate what it is. But the language and the culture that God wants to implement into his church and into his people is that we are meant to do life together. Listen, we're meant to build that relational equity with each other. We're meant to be there through the highs and the lows. Come on, you need some accountability in your life. You need some people in your corner that you can beep, 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 send that SOS signal out to. Listen, if you're living in the danger zone right now, it's time to get out of that danger zone and start to start making decisions differently to align yourself. God, I wanna come under all that you have for me. God, I wanna experience all of what it's meant to be. God, I wanna see the fruit of I would love to do this. Just every hand raised, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I would love for you to repeat after me and say, God, today I decide to engage again with Connect. That's just the title. That's just the title. But the principle is yours. I acknowledge that in some ways I have been living dangerously. But today I say, I'm coming back to the security and to the safety of doing life the way you intended. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. What a great Sunday. I wanna do this really quickly. Now remember, I told you I'm the Connect Sunday closer. So I'm gonna stand up here and watch you go to those Connect booths. I will be judging you, be coming up to you with a, with a card. But I wanna do this, what I love about our church is discipleship is our job, right? Salvation is God's job. But today I just wanna set the table for you that if you're here at Awakened Church at the nine o'clock on, on a Sunday at Eastlake and you have yet to cross the line of making Jesus your Lord and Savior, of putting him in his rightful place as Lord of your life, the Bible doesn't make it complicated, thank goodness. 
The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart that he is the savior, that he is who he says that he is, and you confess it with your mouth, that you will be saved. Eternity will be yours forever. Salvation will find your life. The power of God will fill you. So this morning, with every head bow and eyes closed, just very quickly, I don't wanna you know, rush it, but we gotta move on. If today you're willing and ready to make that decision of putting Jesus Christ in his rightful place, calling him the Lord of your life, submitting to him all of your days, I would love for you to just raise your hand with me today. We're gonna pray a quick prayer together. Is there anybody like that today who's ready to make Jesus the Lord of their life, to accept salvation? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We're gonna pray this very quick prayer together. Everyone's gonna pray with me. Repeat after me, say, Jesus, I acknowledge my need for you. And today I openly allow you in to my life and to my heart. I say yes to your ways. I say yes to your spirit. God, we thank you that today marks the beginning of the rest of my life. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my savior. And I'm signing up for a connect. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.